Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. Today, we are talking with Pastor Stephen about his sermon from last Sunday. And uh, it's it's Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. The title is The Glorious Plan of God. And I know that, Pastor Stephen, this particular section of Scripture um, always or can cause some sort of uh, discussion based off of the side of the fence that you're on when it comes to uh, just viewing these scriptures. And so I'm not going to try to get too much into that. I will let you handle that as you please. But uh, your first point this week kind of is recapping last week that it's, you know, God's plan. Like, do you know God and do you love him? Um, Just coming out of Romans uh, 8.28 there. And then uh, your second point. You know, God's purpose. And in this, in this particular section, you have, you know, God chooses us and God changes us. And I'll just let you kind of unpack that because I know that sometimes, you know, this whole thought of God choosing us kind of confuses some people, causes some tension in people because he knew us before the earth began. He formed us before the earth began. So I'll let you just unpack that and all of of the meanings there yeah i mean last week uh in verse 28 we kind of we kind of set the parameters yeah uh hey this is this is who 28 29 30 this is who it applies to this is who it's talking about you know those who love god those who are called according to his purposes and as you've already already mentioned that last week we just said hey listen do you have a personal relationship with jesus christ there's only one way to know god right and that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So do you know him? Do you love him? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know him, then, man, don't sit here and try to claim 28, 29, and 30. It's not talking about you. Right. Uh, but, but so you're in Jesus, and that's that great promise. He's going to work things for your good. And then, like you say, we come to 29 where he starts saying, okay, here, here's the, the call according to his purpose. Here's, here's what his purpose is. And it's those two words that trip up a lot of people, yeah. foreknew and predestined. God chooses us. When I make that statement, there's a lot of folks that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that means you're a Calvinist <laughs> because you believe that God chooses us. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not a Calvinist. And then people always say, well, since you're not a Calvinist, then you're an Arminian. And Arminianism basically says this, that I had, I, you know, there are things that I can do to earn my salvation. Likewise, there are things that I can do to lose right. my salvation. No, I'm not an Arminian. I mean, and I would say this to all my Calvinistic brothers and sisters out there, just because I'm not a Calvinist doesn't mean that I'm an Arminian, okay? Uh, I say this, the reality is, I just don't really know. Um, I'm just trying to understand what the Bible as a whole is saying. And I could say what Billy Billy Graham, the late Billy Graham, you say, I'm a Biblicist. There you go. And he's like, I just believe Bob. You know, there are folks that take take that statement as being arrogant. And I don't say that being meaning arrogant. I'm just, I'm not in either camp. Uh, because I, I, I've got problems both ways. 
Well, so, I, well I, I appreciate the way that you, I mean, I was sitting in the room and I, I just appreciate the way you handled the text. Like you didn't, you didn't sit back and just claim, you know, your own opinion. You, you went off the truth of scripture. You defined the words that are in the scripture. So just, yeah, the word foreknew. Yeah. Yeah. That word foreknew means that, Hey, before, before time, yeah. And we can even say before he created the heavens and the earth, before he created, yeah, I mean, I, before, 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 I mean, you know, <laughs> right. right? You know, yeah. it's just, I like again, before, before. That's good. we're, we're trying yeah. to, we're trying to understand an infinite God in terms of humanity and we, we just can't. Right. We just can't. But before, before, I mean, God has, God has always known. I mean, there has never been a start time for His knowledge. So He knew, He knew who you were. He knew who your parents are going to be. He knew when you were going to be born. He knew he, there's not there's not a hidden part of you. He knew you, and He says, "I." I want to save you. I, I choose to give my son for for you. He knew who would receive grace, who would receive salvation, and he knew who would reject that. Yeah. So the foreknew, a lot of times folks sit there and say, ah, foreknew. So here's what that means. Means uh, uh, in his foreknowledge, uh, that brought about a choice for some to be saved and for some to be damned. That he created some knowing in his foreknowledge that they were going to go to heaven, no doubt, that that's just how they were created. And some he created, they're just headed to hell. Right. Um, here's here's what I would agree with. He knows he knows who's going to receive. He knows who's going to reject. But it's kind of like the scripture that we said yesterday. How do I resolve the fact if I sit there and think he created some for heaven and some for hell? How do I resolve Second Peter three nine? He's not willing that any person should perish; that all should come to repentance. Yeah. And so here, how crazy that would that be? So I have a God who is saying, you know, really, really, what I want, what I desire, is no one die and go to hell. But now there's some of you, sorry, even though that's my desire, right. you, you've been created to go to hell. So, so the foreknew just means this. He knows who is, he knows who is not, but yet he still has not in his foreknowledge said, I've created some for hell, some for heaven, and there's no free will when it comes to that. So yeah, he does choose us, us. Uh, I would say for, you know, quoting John three sixteen for God so loved the world, he right. gave his son Jesus, right? That whosoever, whosoever, I take whosoever as whoever, right. whoever, does he know who that's going to be? He does. He does. But yet everyone equally has the ability to come to Christ so, and respond to the gospel. So before you get into the word predestined because you you define that as well you know I, I, again i think you did a, a great job of defining those words um for the congregation but we have a we have a question based off of kind of this this topic and uh, uh, this thought in the topic it says and here's the question if god is sovereign and he knows who and who will not follow him 
then why do we have intercessory prayer for people and their salvation? Yeah. Um, what's to me, it, 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 it's a question that it, to me, there's a misunderstanding okay. in the word foreknew. Right. Okay. If he knows who, then why, again, we, we, we've, several weeks ago when we were talking about the power of prayer and, you know, even we're talking about the Holy spirit groaning, um, and Jesus interceding on our behalf. And, you know, there God's made it very clear that he has chosen to work and accomplish his will through, through the prayers of his people, that that's how he has chosen to do that. Uh, I can take that one step further, and I'm gonna. It's gonna seem like the endless circle that will make us all mad. <laughs> right, and right. what little bit of hair we have left, we'll pull out. Uh, okay, let's. So I'll ask or answer the question with a question. So if God knows who's going to be saved and who is not going to be saved, then why should we? Why should we intercede in prayer since He already knows? Well, then I would say, okay, so God knows who's going to intercede in prayer on their behalf and not their behalf. Right. So we could sit there and say, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, God knows who's not going to be saved because God knows who's not going to pray that they are saved. Yeah. That's deep. It's, it, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's deep, but yet yeah. it's the. It's this foolishness of trying to understand God. Yeah. You know, the first principle that we have to remember when it comes to uh, divine qualities and characteristics is he is God, we are not. For sure. Uh, his ways are not our ways. I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. So, you know, the point that we were talking about before we even started recording is so I, I, I can take verses of Scripture, and uh, I'll pull a verse here and a verse there, maybe even pull a passage here and a passage there, and I can kind of build an argument in either direction uh, to propagate a, uh, um, a soterolo- soterological <laughs> – say that 10 times real fast yeah, – okay. the study of salvation uh, to, to basically propagate the soterology that I believe – in either direction. So what I have to do, though, is I have to take every single one right. of those verses, every single one of those texts and passages and fit them together like this, you know, million piece puzzle that the right. Bible is and, and realize that each piece has a part. And so to me, when it comes to understanding salvation and who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved and what God knows and what God does not know and who has ability and who does not have ability, I have to bring all those together. Yeah. And that's that's how I bring the resolution with, yeah, he knew, he knew, but because of his foreknowledge, it still does not rob man of, I would say, opportunity, and I would also say responsibility. Yeah, for sure. Responsibility. But the word... The word there, predestined, you know, people hear, oh, predestination. Yeah. Yep. Here's what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means that you, you know, you had coffee yesterday with Calvin. Um, <laughs> right. It because, automatically all, causes tension in yeah, people's yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, because all of my Calvinist friends, and I have I have friends that are Calvinist, all of my Calvinist friends, they all want to drink this weird coffee that comes from Africa, and then they have to grind their own beans, and, you know, they all know their baristas by names, and... Um, I don't know what it is, you know. I, I I picture them sitting there with an with an ascot and maybe maybe a pipe because I mean, you know, I mean, you know, most Calvinists that I know, smoking's great, you know, um, and uh, Spurgeon, you know, hey, I'm gonna 
I'm gonna, it wasn't it Spurgeon that said, I'm going to drink this pint of beer to the glory of God? Uh, was that Spurgeon yeah, that said that? I think so, with yeah. a cigar in his mouth. With a cigar something. in his yeah. mouth? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we digress. We did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, they, 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 they sat there and, oh my goodness, so you believe in predestination? Yeah. Yeah, because it's in the Bible. Right. It's in the Bible, but what, what it says there in verse 29 is... He predestines, he predestines those that receive the gospel to be conformed to the image of his son. Yeah, he's already made the decision. Hey, hey, hey for those of you who receive the gospel, guess what? I'm going to make you into Jesus. And we said it in the sermon. Right now, that's with our character. That's with our personality. That is with our, uh, our, our, our motive, right? Who we are on the inside, man, he, our heart, our soul, whatever we want to say. He is making that, crafting that daily. It's that sanctification process into the very image of Jesus Christ. And yet he's not going to stop there. One day he's even going to change the body. And he's going to make the body just like Jesus. Um, so that's what those two words mean. We, we don't have to sit there and say, oh, yeah, 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 those two words, oh, see, there's proof. There's proof he's created some for heaven and right. some for hell. Where do you get that? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get that from those two words. Um, to me, they still fall very clearly in the, in the context of the gospel being available for all to receive. Will they all receive? Clearly, we know that. We're not even God. We know that. Right, right. But he knows beforehand. Well, and then you kind of... But back to... I don't think I even answered your question. You did. Well, you you explained, you know, well, define predestined. Like, you defined it in the in the sermon. Like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, basically what I said is this predestined means uh, that, uh, you know, we're going to be conformed to the likeness of okay. the sun, right? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be... He has already made that determination. Uh, I kind of use the example of, uh, you know, there, there are... There are uh, predestined. We don't have a choice in the matter. You know, hey, he's. This is what he is doing. This is what he is doing. Um, predestination. It's, it's not that he is forcing us to do something, but he's already made the decision. This is your destiny. This is right. where we're headed with you. And the illustration is that I made was I'm going to go out here and get on an airplane, and I have a choice to buy the ticket. I have a choice to get on. I have a choice to stay on. I have a choice to sit right there until that joker starts taking off. But I'm telling you, when that joker starts taking off, guess what? I have no longer a choice. Right. It's headed where it's headed. Right. I have no decision in the process. You're like, well, yeah, you got on the plane knowing it was going to, <laughs> right, to, to right. Atlanta. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I got on the Jesus plane. I got on the Jesus plane knowing he want, he's going to change me. So he, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what predestination means. And then your your points after that were, you know, he he changes us, and, and again, you know, kind of relating to the fact that he's determined that before the beginning of time, like um, he keeps on working on us, like he keeps working on our lives. And uh, you you asked the question, you know, it was kind of like a two part question. You said, "Why did God save us?" Well, He saved us to make us like Jesus, and then you kind of asked the congregation, you know, how. How much like Jesus are we? And, you know, I just, I, I think, again, you know, when we get into the simplicity of church and we get into uh, the simplicity of our, our, of our walk, like we're called to be like Jesus and the, we're called to make much of him. So I think that's a, a simple question, but yet a great question for people to reflect on. Like, how much are we like Jesus in the lives of the people around us?
Yeah, absolutely. And most of us, most of us have been thinking our, our, our entire lives, we think, well, okay, well, yeah, the reason he saved me is so I can go to heaven. Right. Yeah, yeah, the reason he saved me is so I can have sins forgiven. Um, and yeah, those are wonderful, wonderful, you know, byproducts of salvation. But the reason why he saved you is he's making you into Jesus. That's what he is doing. Um, and uh, I think I think we've we've done a terrible job in I, I won't I don't know I, I'll say the modern day church because that's what I've been a part of. Right? I, who knows? It may have been this way forever. There's been a church. I think we've I think we've done a terrible job on the uh, sanctification process. You know, it's all about this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saved. Awesome, sweet. You're going to heaven. Yes, yes. Go ahead, sit down. And people <laughs> right. people miss out on the beautiful beautiful blessing and glory of that transformation that takes place and and you stop and think how does he get the greatest glory how does he get the greatest glory i would say by taking someone who is so depraved and somebody who is so self-absorbed somebody who is living uh well a sinful life and all of a sudden he starts changing changing their vocabulary start changing their desire starts changing their uh you know the way they interact with people to where other people are like what happened to you yeah yeah remember i told you i was saved well yeah i just thought you were preparing for heaven yeah well yeah but here's what happened the holy spirit's making me more like jesus yeah um and, and you know they don't come they don't fight against each other it's a process they, no, they go hand in hand, in which to where Paul's already made the argument in Romans, hey, listen, man, if this whole sanctification process is not happening in your life, could be a good indication yeah. you're not going to heaven. Yeah. Mm. Well, then, you know, on, on your third point on God's plan, uh, and I like the way you set this up, you know, part A was he calls us, right? Part B was he claims us, part C, he completes us, but part A, he calls us, and and you made this this point to say that hey like when he calls like we must respond like it de- and we said it before here in Highland Park Baptist Church is like the gospel demands a response you know when when God is calling there's a there's a response that should happen so he well, calls you do us, respond yeah right right you 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 respond and what we would say is no response is a response right and you even ask it's like are you answering like yesterday you know hey we must respond but are you are you answering to the call that jesus has placed on your life and then you talked about the three calls and i'll let you i'll let you expound on that um under under this section of God's plan, He calls us. You said there's about three calls that sure, we can... yeah. I mean, and, and, and I'm sure there are more. I just I haven't yeah, yeah. I haven't fleshed this out and probably studied it as much as I should. But to me, the three calls that we see throughout the Christian life are summarized with that call of salvation, which has come to me. Right, and that's Christ. Hey, you you know you who are tired, heavy laden, burdened, uh, discouraged. I mean, we can we can throw all kinds of stuff in there. It, it's all covered there. He's like. Well, just come on, come to me. I'll give you a rest. I'll give you a rest. And if you can think back to the day when, you know, before Christ, you will admit, man, my goodness, the rest that came. Yeah. It's like I was in a battle. It's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, it'd be like Jacob. Oh, man, I was wrestling with God. Next thing I know, I woke up and I can't even walk. Right. Uh, you know, same thing. You know, folks describe it this way. I describe it my own self this way. It's like a million pounds were lifted right off. Not, and, and we say back, the reality is off my heart. Yeah. I can breathe. Yeah. 
Like I like I have like I, I yesterday I was watching the uh, the Winter Olympics and uh, these cross country skiers and that and, does not look oh fun. my goodness that does not oh look my goodness fun. and so they finish and they soon as they get across the finish line they fall down like dead people <laughs> right, right. and you're like yeah. they can't even stand up to have their medal put on yeah. uh, and uh, they were interviewing one guy and, and they're like you know how do you how do you function you know because it, it takes them hours to do this and yeah. one guy's like you know you got to go to the bathroom you just go to the bathroom in your pants nope. and you're like oh my goodness it's mm-hmm. like five below that's crazy <laughs> but they're passionate about what they do uh and just over and over and over and you know and i and i and and they finally like hours later after this uh, it was a woman after she had eaten and rehydrated and all that kind of stuff you could tell she's she's still like worn out but she's able to stand up and talk and uh they're like well, well how do you feel and she goes I passed out when I passed across the finish line, <laughs> right, right. and uh, and I think back to the moment of salvation. I mean, I didn't pass out, but you're kind of like, "Whoo, I'm a little yeah. lightheaded here," yeah, because of the shame and the and the guilt and the yeah. the sin being lifted off of you. When he says, "Hey, come to me," you know, are are, are you are you tired? And 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 I even I think I even said this in the sermon. Um, when I think of tired and lost, I just think of, "Aren't you tired?" of trying to get something out of life that you're never going to get. Yeah. Aren't you discouraged? Yeah. Aren't you aren't you discouraged in yourself? Disappointed in yourself. It's seeming as though the hard, the harder you try, the bigger mess you make. That's okay. Come come on to me, man. Come on to me. I'll take that burden off of you. I'll take that. So he says come to me. The second call, follow me. Um and uh you know, I quoted from Mark 1 where he says, "Hey, hey, come on, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men." Yeah. You got to remember who he's talking to. He's talking to professional fishermen, right? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and and he's seen how their livelihood, everything about them, revolves around the fishing business. The fishing business. So he meets them where they are. Hey, hey, come, come. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you're you're going to catch fish, but it's not going to be what you're thinking about. Yeah. It's going to be. We're talking about eternal lives. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, and I think it is. I think it's. I think it's a sad testament when we get more excited about a weekend fishing trip than we do sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with our next door neighbor. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I watch, I watch, uh, you you ever watch the, uh, swamp people show or whatever where they, they get out there, you know, they, they're the ones that hunt the gators down yeah, in South yeah. Louisiana. And I stuff. grew up in Southeast Texas, man. I know. Yeah. I recognize some. Yeah. Of guys. Yeah. Two of the guys on the show, they, 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 they attend church where a, a friend of mine pastors, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who it is. Um, I mean, unless they want to send me a T-shirt or something, we'll do go. a non-sponsor shout-out. Uh, yeah, Sponsorless shout-out. That's called a non-sponsor sponsor. Yeah, non-sponsor people. sponsor. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go on one of their trips. I can tell you that. Yeah. But anyway, you know, they get out there and you, and you look at all their preparation. Yeah, I mean, it's unreal what they have to do to, and it's just the man. It's just the uh, adrenaline, I think, of the hunt. It's like, it's, well, what will cause these guys to go sit in a deer stand and, you know. 20 below weather and they're just like yeah i saw one today but that ain't the one i'm looking yeah. for you know and you're just like that's crazy that's crazy yeah. you know i buy my meat at the grocery store uh <laughs> and and hunters look at you like you who are you yeah. and but anyway that's the way that we're supposed to approach fishing for men yeah it consumes me man i can't i can't i lay awake at night thinking about the big one that got away yeah mm Oh my goodness! What do I have to do? What do I have to do? I just, yeah. you know, man, I got to bait that hook. I got to be ready, and you know, follow me, serving Him. That's what it means. So many people that are followers of Christ, they come and they sit, and they want to be served, 
what can the church do for me? And we fall, we fall right in line with it. We're like, hey, if you'll come here, we got the best student ministry, we got the best choir, we got the best music, you know, the preaching, eh, we're working on that. But everything else, man, good stuff, good stuff. Come here, come here, come here. And and yet scripture would be like, I mean, you know, couldn't you see the apostle Paul or even Peter? Uh, Barnabas would probably be like, okay, yeah. it's okay, you know, yeah. and all that. But the other guys would be like, hey, 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 you come here, we're going to put you to work. Yeah. You come here, you give. You know, yeah. matter of fact, uh, I don't want you to come here. Do you bring five <laughs> right, converts right. with you? Right, right. Um, and maybe we should have them working our first impressions ministry. There you go. Follow me. There's somebody listening today, and, and you're sitting there, and I posed this question. I said, hey, if there's ever been a time in your life where you were more on fire for the Lord than you are right now, man, you, you, come on, follow me. Yeah. Follow me. And then the last one, abide in me. He's not saying do it in your own strength, man. No, 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 no. The vine, I'm the vine. You're the branch. Yeah, the, my blood's coursing through your veins. Yeah. I've given you all the power. Where he guides, he always provides. I'm giving you all the power you need through the, through the Holy Spirit. And so it's not, ooh, do I have enough Holy Spirit that I need in order to follow and serve him? Uh, but am I abiding in the Spirit daily? Dying to self, abiding in him. It's golly, the, 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 the devil is so, he's so smooth, man. Yeah. He knows how to get us messed up. Okay, hey, let's, 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 let's stop and let's focus on building a life. Yeah. And getting the right house in the right neighborhood and getting the kids in the right school. And we want to we want to invest in them so they'll have a life better than us. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with those things. The problem is they make terrible gods. Yeah. Um, and if we would if we would take half that effort when it comes to, hey, 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 let me let me tell you the greatest thing that you can ever do, son. Hey, daughter, let me, let me share with you the greatest thing that could ever happen. I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday and, you know, they, they were having this interaction with, with somebody and, you know, it, it was, it was one of those Holy Spirit moments where they said, you know, like, I know that I need to have this conversation about Jesus with this person, but I'm really scared. Um, and so th- this lady begins to kind of tell me the process of what went through. And she's like, well, I did it. I got up. I went over to the person. I began to share with them about who Jesus was. It was really scary. They didn't like what I was saying. And I said, yeah, but you, it felt good, though, didn't it? She says, it absolutely felt good to tell somebody about who Jesus is. I'm like, man, that's just, that's a perfect, you know, and he's, he's called us to make much of him um, in the fact that, yeah, we're growing in him, we're abiding in him your last point yesterday was like he completes us that uh, we have been glorified and we have and he has he has a wonderful plan for us and then i think you you kind of ended it with you know focus on what god is doing right now in your life is that how you ended that or did i miss it uh no uh honestly i, I i'm not sure but i I should have ended it that way. Oh. I, I'm liking how you threw that out there. Oh. Uh, maybe I need to get you start writing my conclusions. No, sir. Uh, to to my sermons, but uh, yeah, I think I think I think you're right there as far as hey, uh, what is our part in the whole process? Right, our part is okay. I give up. I yeah. surrender. What, what your plan's better than I could ever imagine. Yeah, for sure. I think we shortchange. What God wants to do in our lives. Oh, absolutely. And we sit there and we're like, I've got this five-year plan. Yeah. I've got this 10-year plan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, God's like, 
real for real yeah that that's that what that's what you're thinking i'm wanting <laughs> right, to do right. that's it that's all right, all right. No, no, i've got this eternal plan and and we shortchange him uh or we don't even get his we don't we don't we don't get his input at all when it comes to the the plan of life yeah I, you know i know i'm going to have when i die sweet now yeah, i'm gonna do my life and uh and yeah, and, and and I think one of the things when it comes to that I tried to end it with was, you know, when it comes to going back to what we originally talked about, okay, God is, you know, when there are folks out there saying, well, listen, God has chosen some for heaven and some right. for hell. Right. God loves some, God hates some. And, yeah. and, and we can deal with that text over there where I don't believe he's talking about two individual brothers. I think he's talking about nations. Right. But... I told the story uh, uh, about, you know, one of the most well-known atheists in the world. Yeah. And when she died and they auctioned off her, her estate, somebody bought her own personal journal. And over and over again, the lady who it appeared as though, you know, man, I'm strong. I'm tough. I need no one. Um, I think it, it was either her, Jesse, the body Ventura. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> no, seriously. One of them said that Christianity is a crutch for the weak-minded. Yeah, it was the body, Jesse. Well, he's and he's not the body now, but anyway, he's the he was the he was the governor of Minnesota or Michigan or something like that. Anyway, it, I mean, she didn't say it, but she she easily could have said it. That over and over again is, you know, written. Won't somebody please somewhere love me? Yeah, I think there are a lot of people listening like that. Yeah, won't somebody please somewhere love me unconditionally? Yeah. Now that changes everything. It does. So much love is built on conditions. You know, hey, I love you if you love me, or hey, I love you if you meet my needs, mm-hmm. or hey, I love you if you, you know, if loving you will get me something. Or I mean, it could be anything in the world. God's like, yeah, I love you. I just love you. I just love you. Hey, by the way, here's how much I love you. While you were my enemy, I sent the most precious thing I have, my son. He did what you deserve to do. He died for your sin. Yeah, you were my enemy, and I did that. I still love you. And here's what he says. There might be somebody that just stumbled across this, and I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're listening to it, and, and you know they're like, "All right, man, I just you know I'm using this as as fuel to bash Christianity." I, don't, I have no idea. They're uh-huh. going to send you an email. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And, and, and hey, come on. Well, I welcome it. I welcome it. I try not to argue. Um, instead I try to, I try to pray. Um, but I can argue, <laughs> pray, pray for me that I won't argue. I, I've never argued anybody into heaven. Maybe, maybe there's somebody who have, has done that. I'm just, I'm just poor at it because yeah. eventually they're like, well, if that's what you've got, I don't want it. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got in the flesh. Um, but somebody may be listening to this. That's like, okay, God would love me. Yeah, no, 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 not, not God would love you. God loves you. Yeah. God loves you. Yeah, he will. He does. And the gospel is available to you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll close it with this, you know, um, and I, and I appreciate the way that you handled this entire text, uh, you know, yeah, not everybody does. I'm well, sure. Well, not everybody does, and I, I'm, I'm sure that you know, depending on where you land or if you came into the sermon looking for 
something, you know, just to, to pinpoint, I'm sure there's ways to do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, regardless of where you land with these words or what side of the fence you're on, you know, and you mentioned earlier, you know, the Calvinistic side or the Arminian side, like at the end of the day, uh, you, you challenged us to don't let this affect the way that we evangelize uh, the lost. Like make sure that we are um, telling people about the love of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and here's a point that, that I heard uh, a mentor of mine, uh, Pastor Johnny Hunt, he, he said this a while back. You may not even remember saying it. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, but he, he said that anytime you take one single attribute of God, a good attribute of God, I mean, they're all good, right? They're of God. And, and you exalt that above all the other, and that becomes, that becomes the chief pursuit over and over, then, then it, then it leads, it leads you astray. Mm. For instance, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God, yeah, well, yes, he is sovereign, but he doesn't lay down his love because of his sovereignty. Right. He's as equally loving as he is sovereign. He is as equally gracious as he is just. Mm. He he is merciful. And so, so it's kind of like all these different texts that all fit together in this perfect puzzle called the Bible. Right. Well, all of these attributes fit together. I'm not going to exalt one above the other. And, and that's what a lot of people do. Well-meaning people, well-meaning people. And they'll just get focused on one and it'll be it over and over and over. And I would say what makes the gospel, the gospel is you take all these attributes yeah. of God that are yeah. equally important. Yeah. And um, that's the good news, right? And so whenever I take a little less of one and more of the other, then all of a sudden it gets off balance. And, and, and you know, I, you know, again, who am I to say this? But I look at it and I'm like, you know, boy, we've 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 kind of diminished the gospel a little bit here. Mm. And when I diminish the gospel, the next thing you know, it I, I have been enlightened, and now my pursuit is let me enlighten everyone else. And whenever I am enlightened above them, there is a there is a self arrogance that comes about. And I say this all the time, and, and you know, who knows? This may be great fodder for email. Uh, or you know, people to grab this and try to try to do something. Please hear my heart. Um, it, it, what does it accomplish? Yeah. What does it accomplish? You know, we look at the life of Jesus, and over and over, man, he he was always meeting those physical needs. So in turn, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you about the greater need. You 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 need me. You need eternal life. Repent. Go. Sin no more. Um, and so anytime we allow any, any kind of philosophical pursuit to take precedence in our life to where it robs us from the sanctifying process and the evangelistic process that God is doing and using us to accomplish, I, I just think it's off balance. Yeah. And, and, and let me just say this. Who do we think we right. are right. the greatest minds throughout <laughs> Christian right. history right. have talked about these things, have debated these things, right. but oh, hey, wait, here's little old me. 
hanging out in my little old Bible college or my little old seminary campus, and God has revealed the absolute truth to me that no one else has ever received. And I would say this as well. Let's quit choosing a bunch of dead guys to be our heroes. Mm. And instead, let's focus on the one, the only one, who ever died, rose from the grave, never to taste death again. Let's let him be our hero. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to turn my mic off. I'm no, that's, that's a great ending to the heart of what the Scripture saying. So, Pastor Stephen, thank you for teaching the tough text. Thank you for handling the uh, tough topics. And, uh, I mean, if you are listening, please know, every week we're going to say we want to walk with you through this process of what it means to follow Jesus and give your life to him for the rest of your life. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next week on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida. And we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in Christ. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.